Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6. The book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6 and uh, I am not going to say anything tonight perhaps that most if not all of us have not heard but I just feel that if we accomplish nothing else this evening we're just going to underline some things and kind of shore up some things in our heart. Is that all right? Amen. I'm going to tell you something. If we get this truth in our heart, we'll have something to shout about. We'll have something to rejoice about. The book of Proverbs 3 and 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. The Amplified Version of the Bible, the Amplified Bible, in verse number 5 says this. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight and understanding. Amen. Now that's a lot easier to amen than it is to live out. Because we want to put our hands to the situations that we face and correct our own peril or problems sometimes. But I want to talk about tonight, in God we trust. In God we trust. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. There is little doubt that life in and of itself is filled with uncertainties. And because of that, we have often found ourselves needing to ask some hard questions. Hard questions. You know, there's topics in our lives and in our families that sometimes are not always easy to discuss or not always pleasant to discuss. But sometimes just life, times, and circumstances mandate that we do. If something tragic were to happen to me, who could I really trust? I remember uh, several years ago, just as a matter of fact, some of the earlier years of our even coming here, there were several obligations that we had, even from evangelizing, that were left over obligations in our schedule. And I remember on several occasions that we would have to, Sister Boyd and I would have to, to leave and, and maybe fly to another part of the country another part of our nation and and we would have to think about if something happens to us what are we going to do with our son and we we chose Danny and Jane and they've never forgiven us for that I don't think 
in Atlanta, that's right, in Atlanta, because he always wanted his mother to be Lana anyway. And, uh, and so we, we would just think along those lines, who are people that we could, could really put the most valuable thing that we have? Who, who could we put in, in, in their trust? And so what if you could no longer care for them? What would we do? Those are uncomfortable things to visit. But, but we have to visit them from time to time. And if you really needed someone to talk to, I'm not talking about a headache or an ingrown toenail, but if you really needed somebody to, to confide in, who would that person be? I think one of the most difficult things that we face in life is relinquishing control to someone else, allowing somebody else to take the wheel. You know, there's some people that always want to, they want to drive wherever they go because they don't trust anybody else's driving. And so they don't want to relinquish that control. And, and, and so further difficulty comes our way when we realize that we have to depend on somebody else to help us, to lead us. We've perhaps, if you have lived long enough, you have probably been to that um, uncomfortable intersection where you, you don't have the answer, you don't know what to do, and you have to put your confidence and trust in someone else. Uh, maybe that is an attorney or maybe that is a, a, a doctor or, or the list goes on and on and on because we have now sailed beyond our realm of expertise and or knowledge. And so we're having to just put our trust, our whole life in the hands, our future it seems, in the hands of someone else. And so if we're not careful, this can also come to our, uh, our own lives when it comes to trusting God. I know that we readily agree we trust Him. And I know that if we were to poll everyone tonight, we would all quickly raise our hands and say, yes, I trust the Lord. But when we are really faced with things, we have to really ask ourselves, do we truly trust him? We often find it difficult to relinquish control, even to the Lord, to completely depend on him to lead us and to guide us. The Bible teaches us that we need to learn how to wait on the Lord. Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And so the primary purpose of this waiting, I, I know that many times we think that the reason we're having to wait is because God is teaching us patience and I'm not taking away from that. That may be part of the equation as well. But I think often the reason we're waiting is because God is teaching us to trust. Just trust Him. Make sure that He is there. And so why I should trust in the Lord. I think the the list could be very, very long. We trust in the Lord primarily because I know that he cares. And I know that he is concerned. I know that he understands. I quote the scripture often to the Lord as though he doesn't know it, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made when I have to apologize to the Lord for sometimes my anxiety or an overreaction or whatever the case may be. And and I say, but Lord, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and I know that you understand all of this and I'm not trying to write something else off, but I, I have to learn how to realize that he loves me and he is concerned about my life and he is concerned about your life. He is concerned about where you are right now. Amen. I'm not just talking about the longitude and the latitude of where you are, but he is concerned about where we are in our life and our walk with him. And his concern is genuine. It's real. Not just someone just, not just a little shallow smile or 
a seeming concern, but uh, he is concerned for us, truly concerned for us, genuinely. And that's an attribute that sometimes is difficult to find because people can be very inconsistent when it comes to expressing their true feelings. One day you kind of feel like somebody's really connected to what's going on in your life, and two days later you're wondering if they even know who you are. Amen? That's all right to say amen to that. That's, That's the truth. But we need to know that somebody is connected and somebody cares and somebody understands. I think that Simon Peter perhaps gives us some very good advice when it comes to the issue of trusting in the Lord. 1 Peter 5 and 7, he says this, Casting all your care upon him, and here's why, for he careth for you. You can safely put your trust here. One, I think of the key words here is the word all, casting all your care upon him. All holds nothing back. All is cast in, all in. We can trust the Lord because the scripture says in Matthew that he knows what we need even before we ask. And so I can put my confidence in him that I am not having to start over from square one. God, you understand what I need. And there are days and times and seasons of our lives when we are in prayer and we really don't know how to pray as we should. And we don't really know how to ask God uh, yes or no. And so we just, I just have to say, Lord, I'm asking you for your will to be done. That's not a way out. That's not trying to slip in under the wire, but that is in all sincerity. You know the real end. You know the answer. And so the word of God, when I think about how descriptive God's word is concerning our lives down to the most minuscule details of our lives, the fact that the very hairs of our head are numbered, that's what the scripture says. Now, if you believe Acts 2.38, you need to believe that scripture as well. Amen. If we're going to believe John 3.16, we need to believe that passage of Scripture as well. If we're going to believe Genesis 1 and 1, we need to believe this as well, that God knows every minuscule, minute detail of our life and nothing will escape Him. Amen. Our days are numbered. That's what the Scripture says. He knows when we sit down and when we rise up. He knows everything about us. Malachi said that He records our conversations. Caught a little bit, caught some off, off, off by surprise there. Amen. He, he, he has a record of what we're even talking about. Amen. And so whatever concerns us concerns the Lord. And so I'm thankful for that. And so I know that not only is he concerned, he's not just a concerned listener. He's not just someone that's tuned in to my life to listen or hear me out, but he's capable to take care of my need. I have the confidence in Scripture I have the promise in Scripture, you have the promise, that we not only can come before the Lord with our prayer, amen, our praise and our worship, but we can also bring our supplications to Him, my needs, my desires, my wants. I can list that. I can talk to Him about that. I've been given free will to talk to Him about that. I don't have to feel ashamed to say, Lord, this is what I need. You are my God, my Father in whom I trust. I have to come to You and I'm here now. That's a quality that you don't find in everyone. He's able to take care of our needs. 
Uh, that sometimes a doctor may not know what to do. Sometimes a friend, the best friend, may not even know what kind of advice to give. But that is not the case with God. God is capable of helping us with each and every circumstance of our lives. And so what a promise we find in the book of Luke. The Bible says, for with God, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And I know that we have shouted about this and that's something to shout about But don't lose the magnitude of this promise in our shout. I want to hide that in my heart. Nothing means nothing. Correctly, we interpret that that there is nothing beyond God's scope or ability. Amen. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. But it is also correct to say that it is impossible for God to just do nothing. For God to just stand idly by is an impossibility as well. For with God, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. God is not going to stand with his arms folded, perplexed, or this brow furrowed, so to speak, in some kind of, in some kind of a state of quandary. He knows what to do, and God is at work in our lives. Ephesians 3 and 20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be, the, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I think what we have to understand is this evening we're not talking about a weak, anemic God that can barely, maybe, might be able to meet the needs of his creation. But I'm going to tell you about a God that not only created us, but a God that is more than capable to sustain us. Hallelujah. I realize along with you tonight that life can be overwhelming and often can shoot more questions our way than we have answers for. I'm thankful that I can go to God and God is not troubled by that, but I can go to God and the confidence that God has, he can place in my heart. Even when I don't have the answer, I can have confidence that he understands. We're talking about a God who can not only meet the need but a God that can go above and beyond the minimum. He can do more than we ever ask or think. He does this by his power. He does it by a power that works in us, and that power gives us confidence to trust him with everything in our lives. A pastor by the name of James Brown in Wildsville, Louisiana, in a periodical included this article. He said, Some years ago when I was learning to fly, my instructor told me to put the plane into a steep and extended dive. I was totally unprepared for what was about to happen. After a brief time, the engine stalled and the plane began to plunge out of control. It soon became apparent that the instructor was not going to help me at all. After a few seconds, which seemed like an eternity, he said... My mind began to function again, and I quickly corrected the situation. Once the situation was under control, I turned to my instructor and began to vent my frustrations. I would say amen to that. He calmly said to me, There is no position you can get this airplane into that I cannot get you out of. And if you want to learn to fly, go up there and do it again. Amen. 
Pastor Brown went on to say, at that moment, it seemed as though God was saying to me, remember this. As you serve me, there is no situation you can get yourself in that I can't get you out of if you trust me. If you trust me. What a hard lesson. What a hard lesson. But God says, I've got this. I've got this. That lesson has been proven, I think, again and again and again in our lives. Even in the lives tonight that seem to be marked with questions, we know down inside that God has been there in our past and He promised that the God of yesterday is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There was a day in the not-so-distant past when a person's handshake just seemed to be sufficient. I remember reading the biography of Sam Walton uh, many years ago, and I don't remember the figures to exactly right now, but, uh, but he made a deal, um, millions and millions of dollars, uh, a deal with a handshake of a, of a trusted friend, someone that he had known for many, many years. Attorneys, of course, on both sides of the fence were up in arms that these two men would so casually just shake hands with millions of dollars on the line. But you see, these two men knew, and they knew they could trust one another. And so with a handshake, and it just seems like, sadly, that's a day of a bygone era. However, I'm thankful, as I said a moment ago, that we serve a God that if man can certainly do that, God can certainly be trusted at His Word. I find assurance, I find great assurance tonight that the same God that led Abraham is leading us. I find great hope in that. When we're talking about and reading from this book, when we're reading from the Old Testament, when you blend into the New Testament, no matter where you go, no matter where you pause, no matter what you're focusing on, the same God then is the same God that we're serving tonight. Amen. Not another God. Not a smaller God, not a deduced God, but the same God that said, Abraham, whatever you touch, wherever your feet land, that's going to be yours. That's going to be yours. Your children, you see those stars, they're going to be numbered like those stars. You see the dust, they're going to be numbered like that dust. Here is a man who is trusting him. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight in what I'm saying. That same God that led and spoke and promised and came through for Abraham is with us tonight in this very Wednesday service. The same God that spoke to Moses and said, tell him to let my people go. The same God that told Moses on Mount Sinai, I'm going to ride in this rock. Promises. Hallelujah. That same God is the God that we're serving tonight. Amen. It may be 2015 and the complexion of our world may seem somewhat different to us, but I'll promise you, if you want to talk about evil, just start reading about in the Old Testament. If you want to talk about vile and unscrupulous men and women, just go back there and read then. And so in all reality, the day is not that much different. And so the same God that carried the children of Israel through is walking step by step by step with us tonight. The same God that provided manna the same God that turned bitter water sweet, the same God that provided quail, the same God that made a way where there was no way is that same God that is in this house tonight. More importantly, He's in our heart tonight. And so I say emphatically, I say unashamedly, hallelujah, in God we trust. 
How would we ever accomplish? How will we ever win? In God we trust. Amen. If God delivered Israel, He will deliver us. Among the many things that the Apostle Paul assured the churches of as he wrote, one powerful promise that I find that is such an assurance to me in 1 Corinthians 1 and 9, Paul begins verse 9 with just three powerful words. God is faithful. God is faithful. You know, I'm sure this evening, for the most part, many people have received a promise of the Lord. Is that safe? Am I pretty safe in saying that? And so I don't want anybody to feel left out tonight, but I feel like at some point God has, has made some promises to us. And I... And ever how that promise came in prayer or or if it was a spoken word to us, whatever that may be, I want to never forget those promises. Amen. Amen. I want to to chronicle that. I want to write it down. There have been times of my life, and I'm just going to testify for just a moment. We'll just keep going. But there have been times in my life that I needed to go back to that promise. And I wanted to begin my day by just reading that. No matter how far away it seemed at that particular time, no matter how far out of kilter or out of focus it may have seemed at that time, I want to grab that promise and just pull it back into my world and say, Lord, this is what you said. This is what you promised to me. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? In God we trust. Sometimes life can get all out of sorts and out of kilter, but I'm thankful that God is faithful. Now here is something that we need to understand about these three words that Paul told the church at Corinth. He did not preface this by saying God's faithfulness or God is faithful if it is predicated upon this. Or God is faithful predicated upon that. Or God is faithful if you do this or if you do that. He just said God is faithful. When I'm up, He's faithful. When I'm down, He's faithful. When I'm somewhere in the middle, God is faithful. I'm thankful to know that God is faithful. Can we clap our hands? to the Lord amen now real trust real trust is not an on again and off again kind of thing you can't kind of trust somebody (laughs) just think about that for a moment you can't sort of trust you either trust or you don't trust and so real trust in God is a relationship that is built on understanding that he deserves and is worthy of our trust in all things. Now, above all people, I realize how broad the brush is I'm, I'm painting with right now. But real trust is a relationship in God that, that is built on understanding that God deserves and he is worthy of us trusting him in all things. When has God ever failed? I remember one of our pastors in Florida many years ago. He said, you know, I know that we always talk about God is never late. God's right on time. He said, but sometimes don't we wish he was just a little early? (laughs) Just one time would you be early? Amen. But God has really never let us down. He's never failed us. He's always been there. So when it comes down to it, there are two times that we really need to trust God. 
two times. We certainly need to trust God in times of adversity. Can you say amen to that? We've all had times of adversity. It's during this time that our trust is put to the test because adversity many times causes us to fear and we've all been afraid. The most staunch among us has been afraid. Several times in Scripture, David proclaimed his struggle with fear and how he conquered that fear by trust in the Lord. Psalms 3 and 6 says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. <laughs> now, how many people could say, I wouldn't be afraid of ten thousands of people had set themselves to harm me? We might run if one, the right one, got after it. But he said, I won't be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves round about me. That's a broad, bold statement. David said in the 23rd Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I think death is something to some degree that all of us fear. But he said, even there, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Psalms 27 and 1, the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One more, in Psalms 56 and 4, In God I will praise, in God I will praise His word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Amen. Now, I think if we didn't know the author of these statements, we might think this was a man somewhat off of his rocker because he's really talking in some big words and large language. But we know that David had been in the valley and he had climbed out of the valley. That David had been to the bottom and signed his name and back to the top again. We know this is a man that is credentialed to be able to make these statements. I think the message that David is trying to drive home is this. We are responsible to trust and obey the Lord. Now, that sounds good and it's real easy, again, sometimes to shout about that. But it's not always easy to carry out day to day, minute by minute, hour by hour, amen, as we live our lives. We're usually willing to trust God with the easy, mundane things. Amen. But what about when those areas of our life get beyond our control and our understanding? That's when fear and uncertainty begins to creep in. It's hard when you can't see around the corner called tomorrow. It's hard then to trust Him. What God wants us to do in those times is just allow His hand to be at the helm. Trust would have no value if we could work it all out ourselves. Trust would have no net worth if we had all the answers. And so in those times of uncertainty, we have to relinquish that and say, God, I'm putting this in your hand. A great man once said that his greatest moment of joy that he ever experienced was in a somewhat odd setting. He had many accomplishments in his life, had many accomplishments to his name, but he said one day while visiting a large city, there was a, a small child that tapped him on the leg and looked up to his face and put her small hand toward his large hand and said, Sir, would you take me to the other side of this street? 
He said, what an honor it was that a child would trust him to get her from here to there. But the fact of the matter is this, that there are many streets in life ahead of us to cross. And at some point, we're going to have to put our small hand in his large hand and say, Sir, would you help me get from here to there? Amen. There are difficulties that we're going to meet. We're going to need an arm that's stronger than us. We're going to need a mind. I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying tonight. We're going to need a mind that is larger than us. We're going to need hope that is greater than what we possess within ourselves. And so I'm going to have to slip my small hand in his large hand and just trust him to lead me safely through. I have to put my trust in him. I mean, there are times that, that God will use adversity to teach us to trust him. In the life of Job, we find such an excellent example of trust in adversity because, believe it, Job was just as human as you and I. He had the same dreams, hopes, and questions and fears that all of us have. During Job's trials, he was confronted with his weaknesses and he was confronted with his own need to trust God. And so listen to his statements of trust in God during seasons of adversity. I know that you could quote these, but listen to them again. Job 1 and 21, and naked, he said, came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 13 and 15, we reach for it all the time. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He said this, but I will make Maintain. I will maintain mine own ways before him or I will maintain my integrity before him. It's not what I want. It's not what I plan. It's not what I dream. But God knows what he's doing and I want to maintain my ways before him. The scripture says of Job that he never charged God foolishly. Think about that. Amen. And so we trust God in seasons of adversity. The second time we need to trust God is in seasons of plenty. It's important that we mature our relationship of trust to the point that we trust God even when things are good. Amen. I realize that sounds a little odd and out of place. But you see, it can really be difficult because the risk of becoming self-dependent when God blesses us is real. I got this. I've got this. For the most part, we didn't have to pray as to whether or not we were going to eat today. We had to decide what among many choices we were going to eat. Am I right? Sure. And so when we get self-dependent, that's a very dangerous, dangerous season. Many times people trust God in adversity only to have the Lord help them and then lose their trust when the waters seem to be smooth. Because we live in a very self-indulgent world. People fall in love with a blessing more than the one who blesses. And many people today, and we would probably be shocked if we could really have our eyes just unveiled and we could see the heart of people who really today don't think it really is God that has placed them where they are, but it's their own their own shrewdness or their own power, their own this, their own that. But I'm going to tell you that whatever we have, God has brought that into our life. Amen. Job said, the Lord gives 
and the Lord takes away. There's not a material blessing that we have in our possession this very moment that is guaranteed for us to have the rest of our life or to have it forever. Amen? Nothing we own, nothing we have. We have no guarantee. This is mine forever. This is mine from now on. In a moment of time, we can lose everything we have. In a moment of time. Now, you know, sometimes when a statement like that is made, people may wonder, how could you lose everything in a moment? Well, I think it's, I think it's true, but let me just put it another way just for the sake of argument. In a moment of time, everything you own, everything you could have, ever have, would lose all of its value. Amen. If the doctor told you you had two weeks to live, it wouldn't matter what you own. It wouldn't matter what you're worth. It wouldn't matter how many square feet's in your house or how many cars you've got in the garage. That won't matter. That won't matter. Several years ago, a man that attended this church came on a Sunday. I remember him being here that Sunday, and he came down for prayer, said, I've had this little cough, got a cold. I'm going uh, to the doctor tomorrow just to see what this is. But I just want you to pray, and we prayed for him. And the next morning, on Monday morning, he drove himself to the hospital. And five weeks later, when he got to the hospital, uh, the doctors discovered that he was just smitten with cancer, his lungs all over his body. And five weeks from that Sunday, I preached his funeral. And he drove himself to the hospital. So it won't matter. It won't matter. And so it's our trust in God that sustains us. So in times of adversity, we sure need to trust him. But in times of plenty, we sure need to trust him. Job 1, 4, and 5 is a pretty revealing passage of Scripture. Apparently, Job had a relationship with an altar during his times of plenty. And I, I didn't list, list those Scriptures, but here, here's what this is referring to. When we're first introduced to Job, the Bible talks about Job praying at an altar and even making sacrifices for his children while they were, while they were just living life large. He said, just in case, in case they haven't repented, in case they have sinned against God, I'm going to offer up something for my children. And so my point is this, is that Job already had a relationship with the altar when his world fell apart. And so that's what's important. The same yesterday, today, and forever. As our musicians come, I want to talk to you this evening in closing about the blessings that come our way in trusting God. I want to read some scriptures. I know I've been a lot in Psalms this evening, but it's a wonderful book. Psalms 5 and 11, the Bible says, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Psalms 9 and 10, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. There are many other psalms that remind us of the value of trusting God. As a matter of fact, I was reading through many of those psalms today that were the references there to trust God, to trust God, to trust God, to trust God. Amen. I'm thankful that we have a God we can trust, aren't you? Amen. Let's stand together. And I'm going to go back to my opening scripture. Proverbs 
3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. And again, I want to just read it from the Amplified Bible. Lean on. Can you say that with me? Lean on. Lean on. on. Trust in. Trust in. Can you say that? Amen. I caught you off guard. Let's do this. I'm going to say it and you say it. How's that? Amen. Lean on. on. Trust in. in. And be confident in. We can lean on Him. We can trust Him. We can be confident in God with all of our heart. We can do that. We can do that. Amen. Probably most everybody tonight has some measure of money on you. Whether it's a coin or a bill. And so tonight I'm just going to ask you to do yourself a favor. Tomorrow or the next day or next month or a year from now when you you see a penny laying on the sidewalk, don't walk past it. Not because you need the money, but it's because you need the promise. The promise that's there. In God, we trust. I'm thankful for founding fathers who felt it so important during the civil unrest of our nation. A pastor actually wrote a letter to some powers that be And in essence said this, if there was ever a time we need God, we need Him now. We need Him now. We need Him now. And so tonight I'm so thankful that the smallest of things that can remind me in God we trust. You may not need the penny tonight, but you may need the promise. You may not need this penny tomorrow, but you may need this promise. In God, I'm going to put my trust and my hope and my confidence the enemy, and I'm not trying to wax political, but the enemy is doing everything it can, he can within his power to eradicate even the smallest of promises. <laughs> but in God, we trust. How do we get here tonight? Because we just put our hands in God's hand and we trusted him to lead us. Would you slip your hands up tonight and can we just love him with our heart? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.